My name is Annette Lee and I'm an occupational therapist by profession. I attend New Beginnings Uniting Church. Um, my role in the church is, I guess, Simon's wife. <laughs> and uh, we came here as part of his calling, his role here. I've had different roles in the church over the time that we've been here. Was I a Christian all my life? Yes and no. <laughs> what has been an unexpected moment where God has used me? I think um, it's hard to answer that because I feel like there, my whole life has been the moment. And I guess the big moment was Simon saying to me, um, that he wanted to not continue with his biomedical science career and go into full-time paid ministry. Um, so good morning and welcome to church and to our new series that we're doing, which is Who? Me? So it's like a question. Are you, are you speaking to me? You want me to do something? It's about God's unexpected call upon our lives. And, you know, that's just a small snippet of the story and interview that we actually did with Annette. So what we're going to do over the series is actually have stories from our church of people um, and their unexpected calls. So I want to encourage you to actually see the full story um, of Annette, um, it is on our website right now. So if you want to go and see that, just hang on a moment because we've got a good message to go as well. So you're just going to have to wait. Uh, but go and see that on the website on mbu.org.au is the actual full version of that. That's just a small snippet of um, Annette's story about an unexpected call upon her life. So as we're coming into this, this series, I, I, we wanted to craft something that would help us flow from our, the, the words, the ways, and the works of Jesus Christ flow from that space where we've been looking at discipleship through the lens of Jesus and through how Jesus taught his disciples and, and, and what that then meant for them. And we wanted to come into a space where we looked at how God continues to call us as individuals but called people throughout the Bible from unexpected places and unexpected people. And today, you know, we're actually going to look at um, the first of our readings, which is from Philemon, um, and we're actually going to be looking at Onesimus, which is actually the runaway slave. So here is somebody that is uh, running away from, from their indentured servitude to Philemon, and God uses Onesimus in a really unexpected manner. Now, see, the book of, um, uh, in, in, the book of Philemon in the Bible is, is actually bigger than Onesimus, and it's, it's about Philemon, um, but it's also about um, what it means to be a Christian and a believer, a disciple, and, and especially, and, and this is actually the thing about this book, and, and it, I, I actually think it's really interesting. We've spent, you know, um, over 40 weeks looking at Mark, and we're spending one week looking at Philemon. But then again, we've just had the whole book read to us. 
So nice and simple and short, so it's not as long. So, but it, it, it's so important, it's, and it breaks open for us a really important aspect. It actually breaks open what it means for us to relate to one another as fellow believers, as fellow disciples. And it, it shows how Paul puts into action the notion of redemptive grace, about what God has done for us and about the redemptive grace and then how do we live that out. So it flows on from, from Good Friday and Easter Sunday and the redemptive grace that God has given through us through Jesus Christ. And then Paul is then showing us how that redemptive grace lives out in his own life as well, in real and practical applications. So in order for us to actually understand the book of Philemon a bit more uh, and how life-changing this call upon Onesimus actually was um, and how explosive it is for us about what it really means for us to, you know, open ourselves up, to be equal into God's eyes, that there is not male or female, there is not slave or free, there is not Jew or Greek, but there is brothers and sisters in Christ. We are all equal under God's eyes. You know, how, and that's a radical thing. We might love to think that that's pretty simple, but you have a look around the world today and people are not equal. Whether it is based upon gender, whether it's based upon uh, origin of birth, whether it's based upon religion, whatever it is, we are still not in that space where people are equal and the church should be a place, brothers and sisters in Christ, where we should all be equal. We're equal in all God's sight. So let me put it into context. Philemon was, was actually the book that's named after him, which is actually a letter that Paul wrote to him, is actually about a wealthy businessman from Colossae. Um, and, and the thing is that Philemon actually met Paul and heard the preaching of Paul in Ephesus. And Philemon actually trusted Jesus with his life. He, said, he heard the message and it spoke to him and his life changed. And, and later he goes back to his hometown of Colossae and there he hosts a church in which we actually get the notion and, and understanding that it's most likely uh, the church that Paul is writing to in the letter to, uh, to the Colossians, the church in Colossae. Um, and in fact, we, we can almost surmise that the letter of, to Philemon and the letter to Colossians are actually being delivered by the same person, one to the person of Philemon and one to the church that meets in his home. Now, Philemon, like most wealthy people um, of his time, he actually owned slaves. Now, we might find that, you know, um, hard for us to stomach, but the reality is that, you know, historians believe that at least 50% of all people within the Roman Empire were actually slaves. And that's because they either had a debt that they needed to pay and so they, they became indebted servants because they had a debt, they were in debt, so they had to pay that back by working for somebody, or because of theft or whatever it might be, and they became indebted because of that way. And one of Philemon's slaves was called Onesimus, which actually means, if you translate it from the Greek, it actually means useful. So he's called useful servant. What a great name. <laughs> How'd you like to be called, hey, useful, come over here? You know, it seems odd sometimes, but, you know, when we look at it, you know, it comes through that, you know. But here's the thing. We don't actually know why Onesimus 
actually ran away from Philemon. We don't know what put it there. We can surmise that um, something must have gone wrong. Uh, he may have been mistreated or whatever, whatever it might be, but we don't, we don't know. Uh, and we don't know that he actually stole when he went, but often slaves would take something with them so that they had money in order to flee from their owner. So we can kind of assume that. And we can assume it in the letter that um, Paul actually writes about Onesimus to Philemon. But see, what happens is that Onesimus, in his running away, he comes across the same person. He comes across Paul and he hears the message, the same message that Philemon um, has heard from Paul about Jesus Christ and about the saving grace of God from, from there. And, and he actually believes as well and, and becomes a helper to, to Paul in this situation, becomes a helper to, to Paul in his imprisonment in Rome. And here's the thing. Paul gets into this space where he has a dilemma. Now, he, he loves Onesimus and he loves what he's doing for us. He's a really helpful guy helping him out and I hazard a guess that he's actually bringing in people that hadn't been related to where Paul had been able to reach into the message and Onesimus is actually reaching out to other people and spreading the good news that way. And he wants to keep him, but he is in this dilemma because under Roman rule, if you come across a runaway slave, you're meant to return them to their owner. Not to keep them, but to return them. And so Paul is in this dilemma. Should, should he keep them and be, have help from Onesimus in his life, or should he return them as long as they, though he's required? And what he does is he returns Onesimus back to Philemon with a letter and a whole lot of things about asking for his forgiveness and restoration in this process. Now, on Good Friday, we actually put out on our social media um, accounts, we actually put out a post that had a quote from C.S. Lewis. And this is, the, this is the really important thing for us to actually kind of understand when we're kind of coming into this kind of space, is that this letter to Philemon is about forgiveness. And here's the, here's the quote that I want to share with you. Um, everyone says forgiveness is a lovely idea. And, and do, do people believe that? That, you know, that I, you know, forgiveness is something that I think I'm a forgiving person. I, you know, I, want to, I want to be able to do that or I love forgiveness when people have it. You know, that forgiveness is a lovely idea until they actually have someone to forgive. Forgiveness is a great idea until you have to put it in practice. So Paul here is asking Philemon to forgive in a way that he's never been asked to forgive before and to forgive and bring and restore. So let's just unpack this passage a little bit for us. So as we, as we come in, I'm just going to reread a section um, from Philemon chapter 1, verses um, 10 through to 21, just so that we can kind of have it fresh in our mind and kind of understand what Paul is actually asking the Philemon in this space and how it is. It's such an unexpected thing, using this unexpected person to break open an ideal and an understanding for us. So God uses us in so many different ways to speak different messages into different places. And God is using Onesimus here to show that we are all brothers and sisters in Christ. 
So I appeal, I appeal to you. So Paul is writing to Philemon here. I appeal to you to show kindness to my child Onesimus. Notice what, what Paul has already done. He's, he's taking on that, that parenthood of, of Onesimus. It, it's, Paul is being a spiritual parent to Onesimus. And, and, and I became his father in the faith while here in prison. So in other words, that's where um, Onesimus gave his life to Jesus. And, and Paul is taking on that spiritual parent role. Onesimus has... So Onesimus has been of much use to you in the past, but now he is very useful to both of us. I am sending him back to you. With him comes my own heart. I want to keep him here with me while I am in these chains for preaching the good news. Notice what he's wanting to do. He's wanting to keep him here so that um, that he can continue to spread the good news. He's, he's in... House arrest, he's locked down, he's a prisoner, but he wants to keep on spreading the good news and Onesimus is there and he's helping him do that. Unexpected person, unexpected place, unexpected use. Runaway slave, helping spread the good news of Jesus Christ while the person doing this is in prison. And he would have helped me on your behalf. So he's doing this on his behalf because, you know, basically because he's a slave. Um, but I didn't want to do anything without your consent. So he's going, I actually want consent from you to allow Onesimus to, to actually help me here. So he's asking, you know, I want you to help me because you were, will because you were willing, not because you were forced. So, uh, Paul does a little bit of um, what you call manipulation in, the, in this letter. Um, not in a bad way, but he kind of just forces the hand. Uh, it seems you lost Onesimus for a little while so that you could have him back forever. So in other words, he's run away, but guess what? You're going to have him back, and you're going to have him back forever. He's no longer, and here's the, here's, the, here's the clincher for you, he's no longer a slave to you. He is more than a slave, for he is a beloved brother especially to me, and now he will mean much more to you, both as a man as an, and as a brother in the Lord. Notice what Onesimus is doing here. He's, God is using him to show that it doesn't matter the social status that you God is lifting you up to being equal within God's eyes. And this is a big call for the slave owner to not only welcome back, not, not only to lift a slave up to the same status that, that he is, but to lift up a, a slave that has run away. And, you know, slave owners were in that time, had every right to punish them badly, to, you know, to, to do horrible things to them because they'd run away. Exact their pound of flesh, apparently. But Paul's going, no, I don't want you to do that. So if you consider me your partner... Welcome him as you would welcome me. What a wonderful thing. So when you're welcoming Onesimus, you are actually welcoming me. When you welcome any brother or sister in Christ, you are welcoming those who have sent them, those who are part of them. You are welcoming Christ into your home. And if he has wronged you, and here's, here's the thing, this is where Paul shows how redemptive grace works in practical terms from him 
to Philemon through Onesimus. And he says this to you. If, you have, if he has wronged you anyway or owes you anything, charge it to me. I am taking on his debt. It is the same when we think about the redemptive grace that Jesus Christ has given us. Is, is that basically the debt that we owe to God, the forgiveness of our sins. Jesus said, charge it to me. Charge it to me. I take it on. You are set free. Same thing here. Paul is going, if he's wronged you in any way and owes you anything, charge it to me. I want to set him free. And then he goes on. And, he, and, and I love this because, you know, when, you, when we read it in the, the the Bible, it actually capitalises it because it's so important. And it says, I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it. And I won't mention that you owe me your very soul. A little bit of twist the knife in there, but just I'm just not going to mention it, but I have. You know, <laughs> I'm not going to mention it, but I have mentioned it. But here he's, he goes, I'm going to pay it. This is me. I'm writing it. I'm not being forced. This is me saying that I will pay that debt. Yes, my brother, please do me this favour for the Lord's sake. Give me this encouragement in Christ. I am confident as I write this letter that you will do what I ask and even more. You know, God is calling this unexpected person, Anisma. So a runaway slave has called him into faith. He hears the message of salvation through Christ preached by Paul and he turns his life around and he receives forgiveness from his sin from God and is welcomed as a believer. But how do you reconcile the behaviours you've had previously? What has happened? How do we welcome him as a brother and sister in Christ? God uses him to show how believers must treat one another. And even more than that, it shows us that that what it truly means to, to have faith, and faith that we are all restored, we are brought back into the fold, we are made whole. And it, it shows us what it means to be a disciple. And it shows us how much Paul was willing to give for the gospel and the sake of the gospel and those who believe. It's a question for us, how much are we willing to give for the sake of the gospel? How much are we willing to give for the sake of another believer? This is redeeming grace in action. It's redeeming grace in action. Paul is saying, I will pay for his debt. I will pay for his, what he's done. Charge me. This is the same way that we can do this as well. How do we redeem somebody? How do we bring people back into the fold? How do we restore a person? It might be lifting them up, might be encouraging, it might be paying for what they owe. It's redeeming grace in action. It reminds me, you know, it reminds me actually of a parable that Jesus told about the prodigal son, really, isn't it? The, the son takes all, you know, half the inheritance, goes off, squanders it, gets rid of it all on, on wild living and then comes back and the father does what? Not berates him, doesn't put him back into working, doesn't, he says, just treat me like one of your hired hands. He says, no, you are my son, I restore you back to the same position. I restore you back to full 
This is what the kingdom of God is about, being restored back into full measure. It's about kingdom values. So I want to bring this into our lives. I want to bring this into our lives about how God uses us in unexpected ways. And one of these ways that God will use us is is about through reconciliation and forgiveness. Is God prompting you to forgive someone in your life? Is God working on you like Paul was talking to Philemon? Forgiveness. Or is he talking about how can you redeem somebody yourself? Is there a person that you need to lift up, help, support, encourage, especially as they come into faith and they want to change their lives? See, not everybody has a life that is simple and easy. Not everybody has a life that has been flowing through. People have ups and downs and make good and bad decisions. Maybe you're being asked to to redeem that person through some of the bad decisions they've made in their lives, to help them have faith and faith into being equal in God's eyes. Maybe there's a person you need to reconcile with. So as I wrap up today in prayer, I actually want to leave space for you to pray for yourself. Pray about God's unexpected call upon your life because God does call us in unexpected ways as unexpected people and God uses us to do amazing, marvellous things. So as we come into this space, is there someone you need to forgive? Ask God to open that up to you. Is there someone you need to reconcile with? Is there someone you need to open up and redeem? So let's just pray. Let's just come into this space and just ask God to talk into our lives. A gracious, loving, redeeming, restoring God. You Show us what it means to live a life that is full of purpose, full of hope, full of wonder. Lord, we just ask today that you open our hearts and our minds to where we may offer forgiveness. Forgiveness to those people who may have wronged us. Lord, help us to open up our hearts to those who we may need to restore, redeem, bring close to you so that their life may be equal amongst all of our lives as well. Our Lord, we pray now that you speak into our lives, that your Holy Spirit convicts us of your leading. Loving God, open our lives and allow us to be your people.